Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, hello. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? This is the best you've looked all year. Hey, thanks for being here. If we haven't met before, my name's Ryan. Uh, I'd love to say hello to you in person. Uh, if it, just come, come on up to the stage and introduce yourself. No, I'm just kidding. If we haven't met before, though, say, say hello at some point. Hey, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward to give an offering together. Um, if you could pray with me for that, that'd be great. God, thank you for just the, the work that you have done, the work you did in the past year, and how much more you're going to do this year. That we're being freed up, that we're being given room to run, that we're being given wiggle room. And God, we just want to, want to, want to see what you want to do with us, through us, uh, call us into. So we just give you this year. This is just the very beginning of it to give you an offering to say thank you because um, you've, you've offered everything to us. So we give you this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, they're going to pass those things along. And hey, one uh, quick announcement before we jump into things. If you are a volunteer here at Vineyard Westside, if you have volunteered in any way in the past year, uh, or if you're somebody who has given money, you know, you've given of your time, your talent, or your treasure somehow at this place, we have a gift for you. I was going to give it to you on Christmas Eve, but it was, <laughs> man, it was, it was cold. And so I have it for you today, and this is again for anybody who served in any way, uh, if, if you have helped at Vineyard Westside, any, any kind of possibility, then out in the lobby at the Connections desk, uh, we have a gift for you. And uh, hopefully you like it. I made it myself. All right, we'll talk about these later. We're not to these yet. But oh my goodness. They're shiny. They're shiny donuts. Oh my gosh. All right, what are we going to talk about today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New For one thing, there's a lot of you here today. I know some of you might have had a little rough morning getting going. But hey, uh, we're glad you're here. A good way to start the, the year. Um, a lot of people do different resolutions or goals. How many of you have, uh, you, you, you know, you make a New Year's resolution and then you do it, or you keep it. Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about doing those then. A lot of the things, though, are from a good place. We come up with resolutions or things about, like, ways that we want to change for the better. Usually they're for self-improvement, right? Self-improvement of some kind that... I want to lose weight, I want to exercise more, I want to get out of debt, maybe. Uh, maybe you want to have a cleaner house this year. Um, I know that's one of the things that 
for me, I, I'll make a mess all over the place and then somebody randomly stops by the house and I'm freaking out because they're gonna see the mess that I left everywhere. I, I wanna have just a cleaner house to where I, I can honestly have more people over. I wanna have more people over. I want more people to drop by unannounced. Get that woman my address. Stop by, I'll try and clean up. But these, uh, these things that we wanna do differently or kinda get better at, usually self-improvement type stuff. Um, one thing that, like ladies, maybe your uh, uh, resolution idea could be like being more decisive about where to go to dinner. You know that's why we're in a lot of this problem, right? The Garden of Eden? Because she would not decide what to eat and left it up to him. What did he do? Yeah, ladies, come on. So these goals or resolutions type things, when they're just us, that is, that's one thing and that can be good for us, but a little bit of what we're gonna talk about today is to not limit it to, to us, to not limit it to ourselves about um, what we can do differently this year. What we could do differently this year is reach people. We could reach people this year. Um, instead of focusing on ourselves all the time, what if we focused on other people? Uh, in my experience, whenever I've gone to do the kind of the, the biggest things for God, you might say, uh, mission trips to um, Honduras, um, I spent 10 days in, in Vancouver, British Columbia, working with, uh, with the homeless there and working in a, an organic, sustainable garden um, that everything is, is grown and harvested and then cooked in a giant food pantry setting. And it was, it was incredible work. Anything though, and it was a lot of work, but anything like that where it feels like it's a lot of work for other people, you end up getting heaped back onto you, like these just fulfillment, goodness, the, the feeling of a job well done, the feeling of being used in a good way. You know, I used to think that feeling used was a bad thing. Now, it's, all, it's really all I want. I want to feel used. I want to feel, um, I want to feel like I'm doing the work that God made me to do. And so to be able to do that work, it can't be stuff that's just about me. Um, a lot of times we'll have, you know, these, maybe, maybe things are just going really well for you right now. And so a lot of times people won't have a, a resolution for the new year or a, a goal or something because things are going really well. But a lot of times tragedy comes in, right? At some point tragedy comes in. And so for a lot of people, what I see is that they'll run to God at that time, but maybe instead of surrendering to his will of whatever he wants them to do during that time, um, they will try to bend God and 
make him do what they want. And so using God as a tool to get what we want, it usually doesn't, doesn't work out in our favor. If the language is, God, I want you to help me, bless me, protect me, make my life better, make my life happier, make my life richer, make me more famous. If it's those things all the time, then it's not really, it's not really the way that he typically jumps in to work with you. When things don't go our way, a lot of times, if, if you're in that place saying, God, help me, make me better, make me smarter, <laughs> make my life better, make me happier, make my kids listen to me, make my wife love me more, make, my, make this happen, make this for me, for me, for me. Um, a lot of times when it doesn't work out, I hear those people say later on, well, I tried God and I tried faith. I tried going to church. It didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. It didn't really help me. It didn't help because it's a self-centered faith. And uh, Jesus is, is calling us to a, a, something very, very different than that. It says in Matthew chapter 16, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. They must deny themselves. Welcome to 2023 Vineyard Westside. The theme of this year, deny yourselves. They must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Basically to say, okay, God, I want you to use me to reach more people. Even if I'm laughed at and ridiculed or I have people talk behind my back. One of the things that I have felt called to is to pretty much just blurt out whatever on this stage um, and to just be okay with it because most of you are okay with it. <laughs> and so to, be, to talk about, um, we'll, we'll do a recap, anybody who wasn't here. Uh, I was in the Lindner Mental Facility about 10 months ago, I think, for maybe eight or nine days. Uh, checked in because I was losing my mind um, and got diagnosed for the first time as being bipolar. Uh, was something that I kind of knew my entire life, but I got medicated for it. It's been a nightmare up and down with medication, um, but we're figuring it out still. And, uh, and I feel a lot better. I do, so yeah, thanks. One of the reasons that I'm mentioning that, though, is because I get, I've been reaching more people. I've been reaching more people. What I've found is there's crazy people all over. <laughs> They're emailing me. And so it's just one of those things where if, why keep certain things private if you're going to be able to reach more people with with who God made you anyway. I mean, use me to serve, to show people love, even if it makes me uncomfortable. Even if it makes me uncomfortable. Um, how many of you have, have you know, uh, introvert, extrovert? How many introverts? How many? Oh, yeah, you guys don't want to even raise your hand. I forgot. <laughs> extroverts? 
they always say woo with it. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Man, but for some, for, I go back and forth. That I think it's part of my bipolar. I'm introverted one day and extroverted the next. But sometimes it is just painful. It's painful to um, walk up to a stranger and try to show them some kind of God's love in some way. Um, it can be uncomfortable. And other days I'm just, I am full of boldness. Other days I'm full of boldness. And uh, it's, I, I can't wait to let this person know how God feels about them. Today, what I'm trying to talk about is what it would look like to be bold in 2023. To be bold. To, that God, I'd be praying things like, God, okay, use me to reach more people even if I'm laughed at. God, uh, use me to serve people to show your love even if it makes me uncomfortable. God, enable me to give more so that I can bless people, even if I have to make personal sacrifices. Um, We had an employee at uh, Hobby Lobby just a few days ago. My wife and I were there for the 75% off Christmas stuff. And it was a a younger girl that was at, at the cashier, and she actually would had helped us earlier in the store, and she just was one of those people. Sometimes God highlights certain people, and I don't know why. I always say she was just one of those people, but there's um, certain people stick out to you for some reason, and maybe you don't know what it is. If it's that, give them money. Um, If you don't know, like, what it is, give that person money. Um, But she... We're going through the line. She mentioned something about uh, having $4 to her name. And so it wasn't even a lot, but we just gave her $20 and said, hey, thanks for being a really good employee. Have a good day. And she was blown away. It was the best $20 I spent all year, for sure. Uh, But to be able to, to bless more people, God, enable me to give more. Enable me to give more. And if that sounds like, I don't, God, give me money so I can give it away. God, empower me to do things for your glory, even if it pushes me, even if it scares me. Help me to become bold in my witness. You know what your witness is? Your story. Your story is your witness that you would be witnesses throughout all the land. This is what Jesus has called us to, the Great Commission, that you would be my witnesses. It means that you would be going out and you would be showing people what Jesus looks like. You would be telling them the story of Jesus, what he's done in your life. You would be a bold witness. And so in Scripture, what we have, we have the story of the disciples who were with Jesus for three years. They were They were with Jesus for three years as we head into this story in John chapter 20. During that three years from Jesus, they've watched him do all the stuff. So they've learned how to heal the sick. They've learned how to open the blind's eyes. They've learned how to raise the dead. And so this is a thing where they get to see their their hero, their, their brother, their leader, their, their God, their friend, 
who's saying that he's going to have to give his life up, that they don't understand, they're not going to get it completely, but that he has to die so that three days later he can rise up. And so they see him, that they've, they've been with him for years, they've been, they have to be infatuated with Jesus, they have to be in love with Jesus, they have to be all consumed by Jesus. And they go and they see him brutally beaten and killed on the cross. And they have to wait for three days, and it's got to be an excruciating three days. And then there's that Sunday coming around, and who's preaching today? Is Jesus the one? Like, Jesus is normally the one that talks to us. He's the one that stands up and shares something. And, but who's going to do it now? Who's going to tell the story to everybody? It says in John chapter 20, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Um, churches are supposed to have open doors. <laughs> like it's supposed to be all, all are welcome. Uh, this place is come as you are. Um, Come as you are and you will be loved. Uh, and God loves you so much that he doesn't, he's not going to let you stay there wherever you are. I know. <laughs> it says that this, the disciples, after they went through this death with Jesus, this this experience that they were afraid that they were meeting behind locked doors now that it was a, a thing that that brought fear into them um, it's one of the reasons why we don't share our own faith in Christ because we are afraid we won't know enough we're afraid that somebody will hurt us somehow uh, we're afraid that somebody's gonna like test us on our Bible not they're gonna whip out like a Bible dictionary and test us or something right how come you don't share, share your faith with people? I was going to tell them about you, but then I was like, ah, I was double parked. And... <laughs> I remember we did outreaches in certain neighborhoods. We did a, a grocery giveaway in Fay Apartments before Fay Apartments went away. And Fay Apartments was rough. Wow. Um, and we would go and give away just grocery bags all over. But the first couple times we went there, um, just... <laughs> I mean, I remember praying like that people weren't home, like because we were going to go door to door, and I was just scared to death. I was scared to pray out loud. I was scared to uh, go up to the door because one of them was as soon as I knocked on the door, somebody just there's a Doberman in my face, and this somebody's screaming at me, and I'm like, "We got free groceries. You want them? <laughs> just don't kill me." And then they're like, "Oh." Oh man, come on in. And we're... <laughs> it says in verse 19, that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was there standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. And so they're, they're in the middle of this self, this kind of wimpy, weak meeting. Um, and all of a sudden, their timidness that they have going on is transformed into boldness. Transformed. 
Jesus shows up. The story goes on to say, basically, Peter, Peter and John, who are a part of this meeting, they start preaching. So they're meeting behind a closed door. Shh, 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 don't talk too loud. They go from that to Jesus shows up and says, what are you guys doing? Peace be with you. He shows up and completely reinvigorates because he reminds them, oh, that stuff that you believed was not false. That stuff that you believed was not a story. It wasn't, you weren't going down the, the wrong trail. That he is the son of God and he's been raised from the dead and he's that same spirit that raised him from the dead now lives in you. And so it says Peter and John started preaching and telling people they needed to repent of their sins. It says that three to 5,000 of them gave their lives to Christ. The police end up throwing them in prison. But at that point, the word had power and it spread all over the place. They couldn't stop it. Acts chapter 4. It says in verse 8, Then Peter, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Well, let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. This is... Uh, Annas, the high priest. Um, I'm sure they had fun with his name. Uh, Annas, the high priest, is questioning Peter and John and saying, by what power has this guy been healed? How, how did this happen? Who, who, or, who signed off on this? By what power? In whose name have you done this? And so they're, they're not in hiding anymore. They're not denying Jesus anymore. They're saying, it was, let me be very, very clear. He was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And they speak it in boldness. Like, no timidness whatsoever. It's in boldness. Because we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. What we believe deeply is a lot of times things like Tesla, and so we'll speak boldly about Teslas. A lot of times we'll speak boldly about Xbox. A lot of times we'll speak bold, boldly about Trader Joe's. Right? You have certain things that you're passionate about that you talk a little bit too much about for some reason. It's because, it's because you, you believe in that thing. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It just means that you believe in that thing. And they are back into this place where they believe, they believe, they believe, they believe in Jesus. And so they're speaking boldly about what they believe. Bitcoin! <laughs> Ouch! And Peter says, let me tell you about the powerful name of Jesus. It says, Acts chapter 4, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training in the scriptures. 
they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Here's a little, a little scale I made that I was going to put up on the screen for you. Uh, I, think, I think we have that. Um, so here's a, a, a scale 1 to 10. How amazed are people by your boldness for Christ? How amazed have people been? Like, have, have people said things over the years to you about your boldness for Christ? I know some of you are, yes, you are extremely bold. Some of you are clinically bold. And some of you are like, what does this sentence mean? <laughs> How amazed are people by your boldness for Christ? It just, it, and it's, it's just be honest with yourself, but I mean, I'm looking at it for me, and I'm like, a three? I think I'm a three right now. I don't want to be a three. I know I've been higher than that at different times. I feel like a three. When's the last time you shared Christ with somebody? When's the last time you brought someone to church or to a, a, a small group thing or to young life group meeting or something like that? When's the last time? Uh, when's the last time... You were praying for people. Um, one of our tricks that we've done tons of times over the years, haven't really done it a lot lately. If you're at a restaurant and you have a server come up to you, just after you order everything, when they're giving you the food, say, hey, so-and-so, whatever their name is, we're going to go ahead and pray for the food. Is it okay if we pray for you also? And, man, you want to talk about getting some good service also, a little side note. <laughs> and if they want, sometimes they'll just say, yes, that'd be great. Or a lot of times they just go into it and they start telling you what they need prayed for about. And you can do it quickly and easily right at the table. Um, it's just when, and then, and then that person leaves and they're, they're amazed by somebody's faith. I remember I, I had a friend who, uh, I just feel like I, I missed it so bad because I was trying to do the play, the cool thing, like, I don't want to invite them to church too much. They'll expect that from a pastor. <laughs> and I can't remember exactly uh, how long it had been, but then this friend started going to another church, and I was like, oh, And another one of our friends talked to him, and he said, yeah, I really thought that he was going to invite me to church, but he never did. Uh, oh, that's what, oh, yeah, that, I should have done that. How do we grow in our boldness? How do we grow in our boldness? Uh, the first thing, I, I always like having a couple different bullet point things that we can grab onto. The first one is to spend more time with Jesus. To spend more time with Jesus is how you grow in boldness. Um, the, the disciples were down in the dumps because Jesus wasn't around. He shows back up and suddenly they're invigorated to go on and speak the word to thousands. Uh, 4.13, it says, they were amazed by the disciples' boldness, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. 
And so who was God using? Dummies. Just anybody. Anybody. What, what they could see is we can see that they have no training. We can see that they are not skilled. We can see that this is the B team. It's just any of us. Who does God use the most often? The people who have been with Jesus. So if we're skipping a quiet time or if we're spiritually distracted all the time or we're just consuming things of the I mean TikTok, oh my gosh. The TikTok scroll. Is it the TikTok scroll forever? Um, or are we giving any piece, any part of that? You're like, I got some Jesus stuff on my feed. Yeah, that's true. It is true. But if you put Jesus first, you'll start building your faith up. Your, your, your spiritual walk will become more urgent. You'll have more, more confidence in it, more boldness. Um, because... Um, you'll have spent more time with Jesus and uh, you're more prepared to do it. The second thing to do to grow in boldness. So we spend more time with Jesus. The second one, ask God to make you bold. Ask God to make you bold. The religious leaders in this story continued to threaten the disciples. They continued to threaten them with jail. Just that they would put them to death. Overcooked chicken, jail. Undercooked chicken, jail. Anything. It says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. This wasn't a keep us safe prayer. Um, God, keep us safe. That, that's always one that gets me. We always, you know, if we're circled up and we're getting ready to do something cool, like for the kingdom of God, and what it's going to require are freaking warriors of some kind. And we, we huddle up and go, mm, keep us safe. Man, don't keep me safe. Make me dangerous. Sheesh. So we pray for boldness. We spend time with Christ. It starts to rub off on us to become more selfless that denying yourself, because you, you, when you're praying more, when you're spending more time with Jesus, when you're, it, it's just, you run out of you to talk about. You run out of you to talk about pretty quick. And so then it's being able to all of a sudden focus on other people around you, not living for just today, living for eternity. Skip this one. That was good when I wrote it, not now. <laughs> so one of the things that, like, it's, it's always been weird for me if I, I didn't have a lot of church experience growing up, but um, showing up to, I went to a funeral where they were doing the fire and brimstone preaching, like saying that, like shaking a Bible and pointing it at people and um, saying that we were all going to go to hell, blah, 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 about different things. And it just was, I mean, I was clenched the whole time. Get me out of here. 
Um, Fear-based preaching isn't uh, something that I like at all. But one of the things that I would, I would be completely um, irresponsible in would be to not tell you that hell is real. Like, hell is real. It's just very real. And words are inadequate, at least from what I've studied and read. Words are pretty inadequate to capture hell's excruciation and its anguish, its torture. That it's been called outer darkness, the eternal lake of fire, a place of torment, sorrow, everlasting destruction. And to rescue people out of hell, it takes bold, bold people. It takes bold people to rescue people from hell. I had to be rescued from hell. Um, and I mean, I was like, I wasn't saying, help me, help me. I was like running around like, woo. They say, if your right eye causes you to sin, then gouge it out. That's a bold, that's a bold saying. That's a bold statement. It's hard. If you got a thing that's, well, I always struggle with this, then cut it off. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That I might not know what all of the, how bad hell really even is, um, but I, I also know that I have no imaginable way of knowing how good heaven is and that that's the one that's promised to me now. It says, Revelation 21, wrap up with this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He'll live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I've heard before, there's a, a song that says, um, everything sad is, is becoming untrue. Everything sad is becoming untrue. Talking about this section, that there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. These things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the, th the throne said, it is finished. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. They will be my children. Um, this just beginning of this year, uh, today was just to take a minute to say um, we're going we're gonna to press into boldness in 2023. And um, you all have been made to be bold people. Um, you have the most confident God in all of the land. And he says, I will be your God and you will be my children. And uh, I'd imagine his kids are pretty bold like him. Let's pray.
God, thank you for the, just the, the testimony that you have in our hearts. God, I just pray that you would be revealing more of that to people. Anyone who feels like maybe they don't have a, a story. I've, I've heard from people so many times that they, they don't think they have a story. I just pray that you would reveal it to them. You would show them the places that you were working. You would show them uh, how, how Jesus was involved. And we just pray that you would be making our witness more bold. God, that we would have more of a story to tell. That if we meet people on the street and we want to introduce them to you, that we better daggone have a good story. Give us good stories, Lord. Amen. Give us good stories. We want to see you move. We want to see transformation. We want to see people get healed of things. We want to see people blessed. And I want to see people who were homeless, now they aren't. We want to see people become free from addiction. We just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Help us to be your bold witnesses. Make your name famous. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey everybody, before you head out, so here is the challenge of the day to be a bold witness. Uh, one of the things we like to do, we, we couldn't do it on Christmas Eve because we canceled the service, but um, we got fresh donuts today. Uh, we want to be able to go out into the community and just bless anybody who is stuck working today. And so your jobs... If you want to come up and grab one or two of these boxes uh, to take it out, find a place. There's bars open. There's restaurants open. Uh, anywhere you want to stop in real quick, and you can just give them one of these and say, hey, we're from Vineyard Westside Church. It has a, a card right on it, and uh, you could be a blessing to somebody. Grab one on your way out. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.